This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Friday, May 7th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. A disgruntled farm lawmaker. H-2A bill advances. Bill sack on 30 by 30 and House Dems pose hurdle for tax plan. Legislature's only farmer blasts Cal EPA heads for ag policies. Republican Senator Brian Dolly of Lassen County ran through a list of grievances from the Newsom administration during a budget subcommittee hearing this week. Cal EPA Secretary Jared Blumfeld and Department of Pesticide Regulation Director Val Dalsini testified on behalf of the governor's budget proposals. Dolly, a seed farmer, described the training he undergoes for a pesticide applicator's permit the role of the county ag commissioner, and how he takes over the spring to protect his employees. Dolly mentioned a local strawberry nursery that required certain pesticides to stay in production. To compete in a global marketplace, Dolly reduces his pesticide use to drive down costs. In Sacramento, we talk about farming. When you get on the farm, it's a whole different ballgame, he said. If we want to be leaders in California, you have to keep the farmer on the ground. Dolly took issue with the proposed overhaul of the state's mill assessment fee on pesticide sales and the enormous amount of growth proposed for DPR. He was also frustrated by the recent ban on ag burning in the San Joaquin Valley. You can't force everybody into the same box, he said, about pushing almond farmers to chip and reincorporate old trees into the soil. There has to be more than one tool to get where we want to go. Dolly said he has seen firsthand the impacts of Sacramento policies. I can't tell you how many people I know that have been farming in California for a long time who just put a conservation easement on their land and walked away from it he said. Assembly passes H-2A bill. The Assembly advanced a measure yesterday that would require more notifications of housing and labor rights for H-2A workers. Assembly member Ash Calra of San Jose argued the bill, quote, creates a safer, legally compliant workplace for H-2A farm workers. Though the bill had no debate during a rushed floor session, An Ag Coalition argues the bill is unnecessary and costly, especially since it would require employers to pay for travel time to the worksite. Senate Policy Committee will take up the measure next. Ag once again seeks exemptions for recycling bill. Senator Ben Allen of Santa Monica has revived an earlier measure that would set ambitious recycling goals for the state. After two years of defeat, Allen has dropped several provisions in the new bill. Senate Bill 54 would require all single-use plastic packaging to be compostable and recyclable and would ban sales for all other types of plastic by 2023. Plastic films and plastic bags for raw produce, meat, and dairy products would be targeted. It does exempt packaging for products packed in the field, but ag groups are seeking to expand that exemption. The measure has passed now the first committee. Vilsack, 30 by 30 shows need for conservation increase. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack says more funding will be needed for USDA's conservation programs that in order to fulfill the Biden administration's plan to conserve 30% of the nation's land and waters by 2030. 
Vilsack stressed to reporters the importance of having, quote, enough capacity to provide technical assistance to allow local conservation efforts on private working lands to be funded and to be implemented. Keep in mind, Vilsack's comments on funding come as lawmakers led by Senate Ag Chairwoman Debbie Stabenow, the Michigan Democrat, they're trying to get a substantial increase in funding for conservation programs included in the upcoming climate and infrastructure bill. By the way, Vilsack noted that USDA wants to increase enrollment in the Conservation Reserve Program by 4 million acres. That's a tall order given the higher commodity prices we're seeing. Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley said on a separate call with the media, he is concerned that USDA's increased payment rates could hurt ag input suppliers and processors. He said he's worried that high CRP payment rates could price young farmers and cash rent farmers out of the market. You can read our report on the 30 by 30 plan and reaction from farm and environmental groups at agripulse.com. Well, what about that broadband gap? Just in case the rural readers of AgriPulse think they're the only ones with rural broadband problems, it can also be a problem in the heart of the nation's capital. During an online congressional hearing yesterday, USDA's Deputy Undersecretary for Rural Development, Justin Maxson, he lost his Internet connection as he was being asked a question about, yes, rural broadband gaps. Maxson, who was working from USDA's headquarters building on the National Mall, had to ask Nebraska Representative Jeff Fortenberry, the top Republican of the Ag Appropriations Subcommittee, to repeat the question. That was perfectly on cue, perfectly timed, Fortenberry quipped in response. By the way, Maxson told the panel that USDA rural development badly needs more staff. R&D's portfolio is twice as large as it was decades ago with a staff that's 30% smaller and a third of R&D professionals will be eligible for retirement in three years, he said. European court upholds ban on three neonics. The European Union's highest court has rejected an appeal by Bayer of a lower court ruling that banned threonicotinoids on dozens of crops because of a potential risk to bees. The court said the EU's precautionary principle, quote, implies that where there is uncertainty as to the existence or extent of risks, in particular to the environment, protective measures may be taken without waiting for the reality and seriousness of those risks to be fully demonstrated. The insecticides affected are imidacloprid, uh, thymexoxum, and clothianidin. The first two are Bayer products. Thymexoxum is a Syngenta product, but Syngenta did not appeal the lower court ruling. Biden tax proposal hits House roadblock. Biden's proposal to start taxing capital gains at death already was a challenge to get passed in the Senate. Now, 13 House Democrats are letting their leadership know there should be a full exemption for farms included in the proposal. Democrats currently only control the House by six votes, 218 to 212. Farmers responsibly pay taxes to contribute their fair share to our country. They should not have to face tax burdens to pass their land from one generation to the next. That represented Jim Costa, California Democrat, who helped to organize a letter to House leaders. Under the president's proposal, 
family-owned farm assets would be exempt from capital gains taxes only as long as the farm stays in operation. And by the way, Senator Chuck Grassley, the Iowa Republican, doubts that Democrats can pass the proposal in the Senate. He said, I can't visualize that they're going to get all 50 Democratic senators to vote in unison, he said. You can read our report on the House letter at agripulse.com. Here's today's He Said It. It's going to be a long, dry year. That's Sonoma County Supervisor and Water Agency Director Dave Rabbit testifying to the legislature on drought conditions. Let's Daybreak West for this Friday, May 7th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Alley.